about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. You're a Knockout, a podcast for your inner badass. <laughs>
record it because we didn't have any fancy equipment. Um, anyway, my buddy Brandon Greenhill, who I was doing the podcast with, like at the last second, like right as like the interview starting, he pulls out his phone. He's like, "I'm just gonna record this just so I have it, just in case." Cool. So we do the call, we do the interview. It goes great. I'm like, "All right, thanks, man. Like, we'll talk to you later." He's like, "Yeah, keep up the good work with the podcast. All right, bye." And I look at my laptop, and it had not been recording. <laughs> It like wasn't hooked up to the right input, and so I didn't get any of that, uh, any of that footage. Yeah, luckily though, Brandon was recording on his phone, and with the uh, the audio editing skills that I had gotten, I was able to take the audio from his phone and put it in. But it like came in like about two two sentences too late, so I kind of had to like make this like fake lead up question <laughs> to, so that when it, when it did come in, it made sense. <laughs> that's so something that would happen to me I love that story <laughs> <laughs> we, we made it work anyway after that um, I worked at Planet Caravan Smoke Shop for a couple years I ran their social media and helped build that into a nationally recognized brand and then I quit because I decided that I wanted to pursue music so at the time I had like about a year before that um, my buddies were in a band and I was at one of their shows and there were some extra percussion instruments on stage. And my friend Justin was like, hey, do you want to come up and, and play the bongos? And I was like, wait, me? You want me to be in the band for the night? He's like, yeah, sure. There's like not that many people here. Come on up. I was like, hell yeah. So I hopped up. I had a blast. I was playing the bongos. thought I was the coolest person ever. I was like, sweet. I get to be in a band for a night. Um, <laughs> which then they were like, hey, you're pretty good. You want to like stay in the band and do some more shows? And I was like, yeah. In the back of my head, I'm like, it's going to be like three or four shows max before they realize I'm not a musician and I have no <laughs> idea what the hell I'm doing and they're going to kick me out of the band. And I remember one time they did like an acoustic show and I, and like, it was like a smaller set. So we didn't, it wasn't like the full band and I wasn't invited. And I was like, well, that was fun. I guess that's over with. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't but, invite you? Well, no, cause we didn't need that many. It was just like guitar and like. I think it was just two guitars. And Did they even tell you? Or you just I found even, out later that there was a show and then they yeah, were just like... Yeah, it was kind of like that. Well, that's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, you know, it's normal now. Now I realize that like that's a normal thing. Oh, but um, That would really hurt my feelings. Yeah, I was like, oh, I guess. Well, that was fun. And then <laughs> it, it, it continued though. And um, yeah, after a couple of years, I was just like, wow, like I really enjoyed this. I want to do this more than just a hobby. And I quit my job, which I was like, top five in the company I was on salary I was pretty making pretty decent money and I quit with no idea where to start and so I was unemployed for about a month I was trying to find um, jobs at music stores just really anything I've always kind of um, been the kind of person that wants to make my hobbies make me money and I feel like the best way to learn anything is to just immerse yourself in it so um I got rejected by a couple of music stores. They were like, oh, we can't afford you. You're overqualified or can't pay you enough, which I didn't really even care about to pay. Well, then I messaged uh, Timeless and X, the owner of Timeless, messaged me back. And he's like, hey, we actually, I basically just was like, hey, I'm just looking for an opportunity to learn. I'm just trying to get my foot in the door. Um, I have a background in social media marketing. If you guys need anything, like if there's any op opportunity for me to come in and just kind of hang out, you know, let me know. So I came in for a meeting and he was kind of asking me about my dedication and, and whatnot. And he was just like, yo, I can't really pay you right now, but if you want to hang out and be around and help out with the social media, then 
here's your opportunity. So I worked here for basically 10 months for free doing social media, running errands, doing office work, making calls, um, doing whatever needed to be done. Um, and then about a month ago, almost two months ago now, I, I got officially hired on. So I'm getting paid now. Yay! And <laughs> I'm actually running sessions as an engineer, which was something that I had really, because I came in not really knowing what I wanted to do in music. I just knew I wanted to be around it. Mm-hmm. And so now I've been engineering. I was working on um, my own solo project. Um, and yeah, things have just kind of been starting to starting to happen a little bit. So it's exciting. Yeah. I, I sleep like, here a lot. When did we meet? In April? Uh, yeah, probably. Like it was March like right into April. Right, like after quarantine started. Right when basically. COVID kicked off. I feel like so much has happened with you, like just in that time. Like where you've just been like hanging out here, just like sitting in on sessions and stuff, and then all of a sudden it's just like you're busy as hell. <laughs> Yeah. How does much. it feel? <laughs> How does it feel? Yeah. Uh, it feels it feels good because it's just I had so many people telling me like, oh, they're not paying you. Like, why are you working so hard? They're not paying you. I had my parents down my back. Like, you need to be making more money. Like, you can't just be working for free. Like, you need to go get a job. The amount of times my dad told me to go get a job at Amazon because they have <laughs> benefits. I was like, fuck no. Absolutely not. I heard that so many times. Too. Uh, I get so pissed. Like, just, I am not working in a fucking warehouse. I'm sorry. I mean, and no, no disrespect right. to people that work in warehouses, but like, I could, I would know. I have bigger goals in mind. And it's funny, too, because like, right as I got officially hired on here, Planet Caravan called me and they were like, hey, would you want to come back and <laughs> and help us out like with the social media again? I was Dude, like, I feel like that was the biggest test for you. That was. I always feel like that's like a… I remember reading this book once. It was called, what was it? You're a Badass by Jen Sincero. It's like the best book. Have you read it? No. You need to read this book. It like literally changed my life. Sidebar, I when I read it a few years ago, it like, because you know I'm afraid of flying where I was. Um, a guy that I knew years ago, like we grew up together, lived in LA and I booked a flight. Like that book motivated me so much. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm booking a flight. I'm going to LA. And then he um, canceled the night before my flight. Uh, it's fine. But <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I just tweeted Delta like crazy and they reimbursed my whole flight because I was like, guys are dicks. And they're like, we agree. Here's your money. And I was like, fuck yeah, full refund. Like not even a voucher. Nice. But no, like that book is so motivating. And it's just all about like, fuck the naysayers in a sense. And like when you feel resistance a lot of times that it's basically like a sign from the universe, like testing you. I know this is like so hippy dippy, but like I truly well, you know believe it. I know, that. I know. But it's I like, completely agree. like it's like a test to see or like when like shit happens. Like I feel like when I started my business, there was so many different, like even just stupid little things. Like they rushed to get my studio ready because they were like renovating the upstairs. There was all these like delays. And then they were like, okay, your studio is ready. And I showed up and they renovated the wrong one. Oh. Like they rushed the wrong one. It didn't have the right sink. Cause I have to have like a specific sink to do microblading and all this stuff. And I was like, this is all wrong. And like, instead of getting mad, like I was obviously pissed, but I'm like, okay, this is just another setback. This is like another push to like test and see like, how bad do you fucking want this? Because there's going to be so many things. And I feel like for you, that was like a big test. It's like when you Absolutely. asked me about it, I was like, Hmm. Like, I'm not saying a thing. They were going to give me a lot of money. And I, first of all, they were like family to me um, for three years. And I still love them to death. And 
always want to help out. So when they called me and I, you know, they needed my help, I did have that like, oh, I need to help out the people who help me out mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but the great thing about them and and Glenn, the owner of Planet Caravan, who has always been such a role model to me, is he never put any pressure on me. He never he said, you know, take your time, really make make a decision that's good for you. And I told him, I was like, look, the whole reason I left was because I wanted to pursue music, and now I'm in a prime position, and I have a long term goal in mind, and it doesn't matter how much money you give me. I, I just I can't do it, and he respected that. And what if he had said one billion dollars? Then what? Shoot, with one billion dollars, <laughs> uh, that might have been that might have been enough. So, but it's like the deal with the devil. Was it the twenty seven thing that you always talk uh, about? Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't make a deal with the devil though. You wouldn't? No, because like if you sell your soul for fame, you're you're selling. Explain your soul. this. What is the twenty seven thing? The twenty seven club is is the old. Uh, theory of like all these artists who died at 27 um started with robert johnson who's a blues artist in the 30s um janice joplin jim morrison Jimi hendrix amy winehouse kurt cobain they're all 27 they all died at 27 and the legend goes back to robert johnson who went down to the crossroads and and made a deal with the devil and basically came back with these like crazy guitar skills and ended up making a name for him but then he died at 27 (laughs) <laughs> so like that was like the payoff. It's like you can you can be famous, you can have this massive impact, but you only get till 27. And as I think romantic as that story is, um it's a cheap way out. I think you can do a lot more and have a bigger impact if you're genuine about your um process. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more inspirational, you know, for, especially for me. Like I got into music late. I got into music in my 20s and most people who do anything in music have been doing it since they were young. And I have, you know, I can barely play an instrument. I can play a couple instruments, but only so well. That pisses me off every time you say that because it's so untrue. It's I can play a couple things on no, a couple instruments. No, it's no. I feel like that when you say that, it's because you're comparing yourself to other people or where they're at at your age. See, Look, your girlfriend's favorite engineer is nodding right now because it's fucking true. Like, we'll be sitting there and you'll play something on the keyboard and it's like fucking magical. And then you'll be like, I don't even know what I was doing. I I'm really like, yeah, don't. that's I know. And that's what makes it so annoying because it's talent. And then you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, okay. That's what makes it I even could, fucking like, if, better. If, I, if I'm like talking to you and I'm just playing something on the side on the piano, like, I don't know what I'm actually playing. You started playing the guitar, what, a year ago? Sick. You want to know something? You've seen me play the ukulele. I can still single strum. That's been over a year now. Look at me go. I'm crushing it. Like, You're no. pretty good. What do you mean? You're pretty good. No, and I'm it's, not. It's hard to sing and play at the same time. Okay. It is. It is much okay, harder than Okay, now look think. at you. How many drums? How many different guitars do you have? The ukulele? All this percussion shit. Now you're making beats and stuff. Like, shut up. Yeah, okay. I'm going to fist fight you the next time you say <laughs> that. I swear to God. Only if you wear your gold bo- boxing gloves. No. Yes. No. Fine. Bare knuckle boxing. Actually, it would be like that because those are just autograph gloves. So there's not even like. There's no padding in there. No, it would It would just. Yeah, it I'll would be bare knuckle. bare knuckles right It'd to just the look jaw. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think like the biggest struggle has been for you or like biggest challenge aside from like not having an income like when you were the when biggest, you first quit your job that wasn't even hard for me honestly 
like I mean it, it was and it was definitely a struggle to, to kind of scrape by and I had to kind of take some different odd jobs and do little things here and there to just scrape by but that I don't know um honestly I feel very lucky because even though I've worked hard and I've taken this this leap and and it's like I look at the position I'm in now and I, I definitely have that kind of fraud syndrome because I'm like oh I I just decided I wanted to get into this I hustled for like you know, 10 months and now I'm an engineer in a studio. Mm-hmm. There are people who have known they want to do this, who have been doing that, who still, who went to school for it and can't get a job at a studio. Yeah. So, I I feel guilty sometimes, honestly. I think that's one of the harder things is like battling my own, my own mind, yeah. my own guilt for it. Because I'm like, I go back and forth. It's like, why am I in this position? And just recently, I've kind of just accepted the fact that, hey, I'm in this position for a reason and mm-hmm. it's my job to make the most of the opportunity. And I think I'm capable. Like, I'm definitely my worst critic. I am very, very hard on myself. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> I can't play any instruments. I play all of the instruments. Like, what? And I make beats now. Like, what? But I'm, I also know, it's, it's, it's because I know what I'm capable of. Yeah. Not because I've done it before, which is kind of like yeah, a weird thing Yeah, but look how much about. you've done in a year, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know what you're capable of. Look what you've done in one year's time. Well, that's why I keep doing it. If I didn't think I could do it, I wouldn't do it. I've always yeah. been that way. Like, in school, I didn't get good grades. If I didn't feel like doing it, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> that was like, so fact. <laughs> I hated school. Yeah, school sucks. Worse. <laughs> I didn't take any music classes in school either. The, the one music class I took, I played clarinet in fifth grade. Oh my God, Chef, did you seriously? <laughs> yep. I did too. Because I wanted to play the saxophone. And if you had to play, if you were going to play the saxophone, you had to play clarinet first. And then when, when they tested to like advance you to saxophone, I failed. Oh my God, dude, I played the clarinet. I did not know that. That's so fucking funny <laughs> because I had, we had this music teacher in grade school who was so mean. And the only reason I took, because I like obviously loved choir. So like I left that because she was mean and I just picked up an instrument because I was like, oh, I'll get to go to band and band class is cool. And you got to do district band. You got to travel and perform and whatever. Yeah. And then the district band teacher looked like he was going to have a coronary every time (laughs) he went to district band because he'd get so red in the face. He was so mean and screamed. And then I realized real quick, I didn't like that anymore. Um, But I was so bad. I just picked it because that's what my friends played. I really wish I would have done like guitar or drums or something. We weren't even allowed to do guitar. I wish I would have done drums. I wish I would have done drums because I was naturally like percussive. I could, I would, I used to play, I used to go out on the street corner and take a recycling bin and go out in the street corner of my, of my neighborhood and play the buckets. (laughs) So cute. Anyone give you money? Maybe once. That's (laughs) Yeah. Back when I was like, I don't know, 10 years old. I would also sit in my mom's car in the, in the garage and play music and then just like bang on all the shit on the car. Like, like I would like, hit on like the vents or the steering wheel because like, everything made a different sound. So I just made my own drum set. When I was, when I first got my own place, um, I took a, like this clothes rack I had, an ottoman, um, one like, like percussion, like I think it was a conga, but it was like a tiny conga. And I made like this little makeshift drum set in my apartment and played with um, like, I forget what I even used. I think pencils or pens or something and like played a whole like <laughs> drum set out of like makeshift, makeshift stuff. Do you ever see, do you ever watch uh, Stomp? Yeah. Yeah. The, I yes. always love that. I was like, oh, everything's <laughs> an instrument. Cool. That makes sense. That's so cute. How long did you play clarinet? 
the one semester. Dude, <laughs> my parents, I was so bad. I was literally Squidward. They fucking <laughs> sold my clarinet behind my back, like dead ass. They were like, they were like, we can't. Because you know, if you anymore. didn't wet the reed, how it would squeak so loud. I, I think I only knew like hot cross buns or something like you would oh, learn God. on like a recorder, but like twice as bad because of how it squeaked. And then one day, I don't know why I was looking for it because I hated it. But I was just like, hey, mom, dad, like, where's my clarinet? And they're like, oh, yeah, we sold that. I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, yeah, you weren't playing it anyway. But like, realistically, like, I don't think they'd ever admit it. But like, they just, they just really out. fucking hated they it. They just threw it out. They didn't yeah, sell it. They weren't that savvy. Like, who? how are they selling that? Who, who would want that? Like, here, my daughter just licked all over this one. <laughs> are we still, oh, to- still talking about a clarinet? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I was in fifth grade. <laughs> I don't know. So. so yeah, it was a clarinet. Defi- <laughs> definitely a clarinet. Oh my God, dude. What do we even, how do we even like segue away from that shit? I don't know. <laughs> so anyways, clarinet. Uh, <laughs> you forgot we were recording. I mean, not really, but like enough to where I can make a joke it's like okay. that. It's <laughs> okay. No, I want jokes like this on my podcast. <laughs> Give me all the dirty jokes and offensive materials. I mean, shit, you listen to our conversations on a regular basis. There's plenty of that. I know it. I love that you were talking about, though, getting back to your journey, how you were talking about like feeling like a fraud. That is like the biggest thing that I feel like I've kind of felt like I still feel like in my studio sometimes that like I just feel like I'm playing store like a little mm-hmm. kid like oh when people give me money for a service I'm like wow I made a sale good job like but and I'm like playing money that's the kind of like attitude I think that does take you far because if you lose sight of that and you lose sight of the excitement of and the importance of every single customer you have mm-hmm. and every single like that's a win like and and people who lose sight of that and it's like I've heard Russ talk about it where he's like, you know, people at first in their career get excited when they get, you know, 10 streams or something, but then they get big and they're like, oh, I only got 10 mm-hmm. streams or oh, I only got 10,000 streams. Why am I not getting a million? It's like, when you go back to the person you were when you were grateful for those 10. Yeah. Because it, it took those 10 to even get to like a million. True. Yeah. I don't know. But it, like, and then when you talk about though, like feeling guilty for like, where you are right now but you were so like to hear you talk about wanting to be around music and then just being like okay how do I do that like I'm gonna apply to music shops and studios and whatever I never fucking thought like that I I had I was so clueless like I didn't know I think it just goes back to and I've kind of always done this and I was actually telling my boss this today when we were out at we had a lunch meeting today and I was like, I thought back. I was like, oh, I remember when I was in eighth grade and I would go catch uh, pitching lessons for a pitching coach at a baseball facility. And just anything, anytime that he had a lesson that he didn't want to like catch himself, he would call me up. And so then I became like an eighth grader who was catching college pitchers and even going into high school. And it made me such a better player because number one, I had way more experience in catching guys who were throwing way harder than anybody else that I was catching. And then I also got to know kind of the techniques and the the, the things that I could then bring back to my team um, when, you know, when I what I learned from just being around. And then I got a job there because he was like, hey, I need somebody to watch the facility when teams rent it out. All right, cool. I'll do it. You pay me 10 bucks an hour to watch <laughs> the facility. And in the meantime, I can go in the batting cages and hit off the tee and get extra practice. Sweet. 
So I've always kind of done that where I'm not very good at doing things I don't like to do. I don't, I don't <laughs> do things that I don't like to do, honestly. And um, I don't know. I just kind of figured if you immerse yourself, if you make your hobbies make you money and immerse yourself in it, then you always find a way to be doing what you want to be doing. That's just so smart. That's like, I never, I never thought like that. Like, how old are you for the people at home? 25. See, that's just insane. When I was 25, I didn't have a fucking clue. Like, I expected to be like, so like feel so grown up and stuff at 25. And I feel (laughs) like I'm 31 and I'm still like figuring it out. Like, I don't feel grown up at all. Yeah. I definitely feel, I, I, I was reading something on Facebook last night. It's like something about things that, people in their mid-20s understand. It's like, you're in this like weird thing where you're like, I, I need an adult, but then you realize you are the adult. <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I gotta figure this out on my own. I still am not like really an adult. I do a lot of things backwards. See, I don't think anyone ever feels that way though. It's funny because my mom always has said that. She's just like, you know, no matter how old you get, like you still feel like, you're just figuring it out. Like you never feel as old as you really are. And she'll always like reference my grandma. Like my grandma would just be like, yeah, like 80. Like I want to go rollerblade. And she'd like try to get on this little fucking trampoline, like those little tiny ones. She would lived alone and she would put like a little trampoline next to an armchair and be like, look guys, this is what I do when no one's here. And we're like, great. Grandma's totally going to fall and like break her whole body. Like trying to do a trampoline at 80 years old. But do like, backflip, grandma. <laughs> do you won't. <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> but it's just like, I feel like, I don't know. She would always just be like, there's things I still want to do, but like your body just won't let you. Like, I don't think you ever feel grown. It was funny. So like my best friend's parents always throw like a pool party at the 4th of July. And last year, one of the guys, like all of a sudden, like this party's just evolved where we were like the young reckless ones. And now like everyone has a bunch of kids and husbands and whatever. And then he looks around and he was just like, wow, look at us. We're the adults now. How the fuck did this happen? And then he starts laughing. He's like, they're looking at us like, they've got it all figured out. They know what they're doing. He's like, I don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't either. And we were like the only ones that like cop to it. Me, him, and like my best friend. And then we were just laughing. I was just like, I really don't. Do you like the philosophy of fake it till you make it? Yeah. I feel like I've done that like always. Yeah, I've pretty much done that. You have to like fake confidence because... I don't know. I've just always like felt too, especially in my industry, like people sense, I mean, people always sense when you're not confident, but like, especially like trusting for like a makeup service um, or like doing hair or whatever, like they can sense that right away if you're not confident and um, it'll make them nervous. So you have to just like walk up like you're the shit and know what you're doing. And I feel like with this too, like you can't walk in and be like, Hey, hi, my name's Grant, and I like to write songs sometimes. Or do you? Is that what you do? Um, in that voice? In that <laughs> voice, yeah. It's like, hey. Uh, That's kind of what you did when we that, met. That is. Uh, yeah, that was like my first writing experience for somebody else. I was just really, I was here, and somebody was doing a feature on um, a Ms. Ike, the great album. Shout out, Ms. Ike. Um, and he wanted her to do like a verse. So she came and she did the chorus and he was like, do you want to do a verse? And she's like, I would, but I don't have any lyrics. And I just happened to be here and I was like, I'll write you something. And so I wrote her something and she did it and now it's on the album. And that was like my first writing credit, I guess. Yeah, I love that you just like randomly sent me that one day and, you're, and it was just like how you'll just send me songs. And I'm like, oh, this is a cool song. 
And then like casually like 30 minutes later, you're like, oh yeah, that second verse, I wrote it. And I'm like, oh, cool. I love that I just listened to it and like I had no idea. And I was like, you fucking wrote that? Are you kidding yeah. me? And uh, she's super talented. Her name's Essence. And she actually just came in and booked with me as an engineer. And we got to work last week together and it was so much fun. Yeah. So much fun to record her. Chris, you missed out. That's all right. She's super talented. I love her voice. Yeah, me too. I was I was grooving. Well, what sure. else? Let's talk about aside from music, like you as a person. Me as a person. Yeah, you and I have talked about this like a lot. Like, I don't know, like years ago, growing up, like trying to fit into a box and trying to yeah. like um, be what you think other people want to see you be, or what, like how. Talk about that. Like, how has that been a part of your like journey? Like, what. What are you doing now that you weren't doing? Um, when I was growing up, I was very, very one-track mind. Um, well, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. So on the outside, it, I was just sports. Like anybody, if you if you talk to somebody from my high school, I wore jerseys. I wore hats every day. I was all about sports. I, there was nothing else that I could really. You had short hair. Talk. I did have short hair. <laughs> Had the, I was rocking the buzz cut all all the way growing up, rocking the buzz cut. Um, but there were like these sides of me that was, were very artistic and very musical that I didn't really show people. Um, my mom used to tell me like, hey, maybe you should go to school for performing arts because you like all this stuff and you don't get along with any of the people at, at your school. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just an easy target is yeah. really what it was. I Why? got bullied. I was, I was smaller. I was the smallest kid in the grade. Um, so I was really easy to pick on and I just wasn't much of a fighter. So like, I just, I, I kind of let it happen. Um, didn't really stand up for myself too much and I didn't really have anything to come back with. So yeah, I, it was kind of tough, but I was like, no, I don't want to go to school for performing arts. Like I, they don't have a baseball team. I don't want to go there. <laughs> and so there was always like this part of me that even, even in those situations, like with other people who, were, were sports people I didn't fit in yeah. um, I always and it's funny because I always wanted to find ways to express myself uh, like through my style so I always had to have like a certain like my eye black a certain way and my sweatbands a certain way and a <laughs> sleeve on one arm and my sh- my cleats had to be like the coolest cleats and nobody else could have the same cleats like I always try to find like the most like unique things to kind of um, express myself in different ways and, and be artistic within that um, but yeah I, I used to buy different clothes and dress certain ways just because I was like, oh, like this is what's in style right now. It didn't help that I wasn't really around people who were like me anyway. There weren't really that many people at my school that were um, kind of on that same wavelength as me, at least not then. So that was kind of difficult. But once I kind of got away from that, I was able to slowly start to find my my tribe and I feel a lot more authentically myself now. Yeah. I don't feel like I have to force it. Like I feel like I can do different things that I would have gotten made fun of back in the day. Yeah. Like what? Um piercings. I remember I remember I wanted to get my ears pierced when I was uh eighteen and the girl that I was dating and her mom at the time were like she was they're like, Don't do that. That's just such a trashy look. Like don't do that. Like <laughs> I was just like, ears pierced? Yeah, right. Oh my God. <laughs> Right. And and I was just like, oh, okay. And they're they are like the epitome of like what I don't want to be and what I grew up around, which was very, very preppy 
country club, club mm. elitist people. And I, that's, that's honestly the reason why I didn't get along with anybody is because everybody that I, and especially once I got to high school and realized like these people think a certain way that isn't the way that I think. Yeah. That I never, I didn't really understand like that there was racism and there was elitism. And I, I didn't understand that because my family's not like that. Right. You know, we, you're a person, you're a person. You, you respect everybody. Um, and, and to then start to hear some of the people that I was around all the time kind of say things that rubbed me the really the wrong way. It was just shitty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, I think back to that and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. An ear piercing. That's yeah. so small. Of course now I've got like my nose double pierced. I got my ears pierced. I had another ear piercing. I had one. Finger tats done finger by tats. yours truly. Yep, yep. <laughs> How how was that? Let's talk about that. <laughs> what how about was your it? first first tattooing experience oh, other than eyebrows? Okay. So I was worried you were gonna do little eyebrows on my fingers. That's what you kept saying. <laughs> so okay, you obviously can't see this, but he has like little geometric shape. What would you even that's what you're calling him? Like, Lines let's do something arrows. geometric. Yeah, it's like half Well, because it matches my arm. Half a triangle and some like lines that look like rings, essentially. But like, so I just started doing machine work which is for like powder brows, like more like solid, like permanent makeup stuff. And I mean, technically I can tattoo, like I'm licensed tattoo artist. So um, he just kept talking about hand tats. <laughs> I was like, I don't have black ink, by the way. The darkest shade I have is ebony. <laughs> like, do you want some ebony tats? And then he was like, game for it. I still can't believe you let me do that. Every time I look at your hand and I see that, I'm just like, how? It looks good. Doesn't it? It looks good. I mean, does it though? I mean, it. Yeah. Do, I like it, obviously, because I did it. But, and you like it. I like it. And it's cute that you posted like a picture on your Instagram of your hand. <laughs> that was like, he's feeling himself. I but I was just like, if, if a tattoo artist, like a legit one saw that, they'd be like, what did you do? <laughs> Like, is that, like, why? Well, I figured, like, the finger tats. I like, was so nervous. They, they fade pretty fast because the skin is different. I mean, yeah, and honestly, and, I think that's, like, the cool thing about, like, finger tattoos is that they look worn and, like, aged and exactly. cool. But, like, I, I don't know. I feel like most people that, like, let their friends tattoo them, they, like, are, like, put it on my ankle or somewhere no one's ever going to see. And you're, like, hand. <laughs> <laughs> Straight out of the gate. And then every time I kept wiping it away and then the ink wouldn't stay and you'd just be like, you can press harder. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm not trying to like, scar you either. It's such yeah, like a middle good. ground. Yeah, no. Like, give me a nice finger scar. I've got a couple. You've already have some tattoo work like that. Yeah. You know what? That's the dumb thing. The one tattoo, which I guess is a good thing. The one tattoo that's like, oh, I don't want anybody to see that. That's my worst tattoo. Yeah. And that's the thing is you're like, press harder. And I'm like, Shouldn't you know better? <laughs> like, that's literally what you bitch about about the other tattoo. And then you're like, even, do it to my hand. I don't even care about the fact that it's like raised and scarred. I care about the fact that it wasn't stenciled and it's massive. <laughs> Every time you say massive, it makes me laugh it's so, so much. It's so big. It's it really takes up my bad. entire ribs and like half of my back. It's not bad. I can't even cover it up because it's so big. Because I would need something even bigger to cover it up. And then I'm just going to be, it's going to like, and there's, yeah, it was not. It was a, that was my first tattoo. It was an impulse decision. I had an idea in my head when I showed up and he like drew it on me. I was like, well, that's a lot bigger than I thought. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I feel like every time I've gotten a tattoo, that's what they do. 
They're like, oh, that's so much bigger than it's supposed to be. Luckily, and so at the time, he was he was only an apprentice at the time. So I got it like really cheap. Don't get cheap tattoos. That's oh what I've God. learned. And that was Don't your get first cheap one. You're like, let fuck it. You're an apprentice. Let's go big. Let's go on my ribs. Pretty much. That's, yeah. And you didn't learn from that because you let me do it to you. I let that guy give me another tattoo. You did? Yeah, which he did much better. That, that one is done by the okay. same person. <laughs> so he got a lot better. Although he did try to do a band around my arm and that did not turn out well. See, it was all sometimes up. it surprises me. You know, I'm going to talk about the Enneagram because I'm like so obsessed oh, yeah. right now. It surprises me sometimes that you're not a seven because I feel like you want to try all the things too. I do. but uh, Yeah, but you're a four. Do you know what your wing is? You don't know. Oh, I, don't know. Mm. I was like, I was like close. I was like mostly four. And then there was like also some like nine, I guess. So, but I can't, I guess you can't be like a four wing nine. You can't? I Maybe you can. I don't know. I thought you had to be like. Anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> if I put my mind to it. <laughs> I don't know nine anything wing. about nines. Um, Jesus was a nine. Apparently. It's like. It's Is this like, real life? I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I read that. It I was, read that well, in a book. It was like a lot of like leadership qualities in nines. Mm. And and fours is a lot of like musicians and artists. So I kind of fit both of them. Yeah. So. You were a four to your core. Definitely a four though. I'm a seven. So I'm like enthusiastic and want to do all the things. But then I'm also a wing eight. So I'll tell you to fuck off if you oh, need that. you can that. be a wing like something that's not next to that number? Yeah. I thought well, it was no, like. Well, mine's I thought a you seven, to- eight. Oh yeah, okay. I what do you like, mean? Yeah, you... So you're right. I was. I don't know why I thought. I didn't you even were think about that. You're like though. thinking about like a four. So I'd have to be like a four wing two or four wing, or four wing three, four wing five, right? I don't know anything about this. We're gonna have to. You have to Google it. What are to... you, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I'm making everyone I know take the enneagram. We're gonna send you this. It's an test. enneagram. It's like it's like zodiacs, but like not based on how it's. It's, it's based Google on Google like the enneagram institute. E n n e a. It's based G-R-A-M. on like your personality, not based on when you were born. Institute. It's a test. But literally, it's like, it's it's a, I guess a scale that psychologists use. Yes, that's the one. So psychologists use this to determine like your personality type. And then, but it's not like a horoscope thing. Like this is like legit, like studied. Not that, I mean, I love I love me some horoscope shit too. Let's not get it <laughs> twisted. But yeah, like again, it shows you like compatibility between like you and other people. And it's so spot on. Like everything that it says about you and I is so <laughs> true. I can't. <laughs> and then I get like real like, oh my God, do I just annoy him to no end? Because everything it says about sevens and fours, it's like, what did it say? Like our enthusiasm can just wear you down. <laughs> <laughs> Like the fact that like I always want to go do all the things that you're just like, no, I don't want to. And then another one that was funny was like in arguments, like how fours will just want to reassess them all the time or like keep talking about them, make sure everything's like solid. And I'm like, okay, let's go do the fun things now. And that's always been like the dynamic. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Like, let's talk about this. Yeah. I think it's like $12. It's worth every penny. Take the test. Well, I don't know how accurate mine was now because I did not pay for it. I did a free one. Well, I'll tell you what. You're definitely a four for sure. But we need to figure out what your wing is because it's interesting. I wonder. I don't know anything about fives. I have to send you your Enneagram song. Have you heard about this? Did I send you your Enneagram song? I don't think so. (gasps) Okay. So like the people that um, did the soundtrack for like Twilight 
they made up a band to do like Enneagram songs. And apparently, I think the lead singer is the same for all of them. But like the band, the people in the band are all that Enneagram. Interesting. And, and so they send you, <laughs> they send you, or like they sing the song about like the Enneagram and it, mine. Okay. So one of my clients told me about it and she was like, um, okay, so mine, she's like, I don't know how emotional you are, but mine made me cry. Like it was really deep. It just really hit home with me. That's, and hers is all about, <laughs> I think she's a three, two or three. And she was like talking about, like, it's all about like, being really business oriented and feeling you're like you're not enough all the time and like always striving to be better, whatever. So I listened to mine and mine's like, I'm hungry for what's next. Let's go on adventures. (laughs) Like it was so fun. It was even like acoustic vibe, which you know I love. So I was like, damn, this is like everything. They even got the vibe right. Like this is so my song. And then I sent my (laughs) sister hers. She's an eight. And hers was all about like, being robbed of your childhood. Oh my God. Really <laughs> and I didn't listen to it first. And I was just riding the wave of my enthusiastic song. And I sent it to my sister like, Renee, oh my God, listen to this song. How sick is this? Because she's the one that introduced me to Enneagrams. And she's like, oh my God, Rachel, that like made me really sad. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait for you to listen to yours and see if it's Jeez. like a buzzkill or not. <laughs> Hopefully it's happy. I don't want to be a four anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's just like... <laughs> 144 questions? I don't remember it being that many. I thought it was like a, a hot 20 questions. I think I answered like 20 questions to figure out mine. Did oh you just God. pay $12 to take 144? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to take 144 questions worth it. if I didn't have you to pay for it. The good news is, is there's not a pass or fail. <laughs> there <Hopefully>. is there. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. This is fun. I like having you on my podcast. We should yeah. do this every week. Just new topics. Every week. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do you're that. You're really to wearing you. me out. I know. I was just <laughs> As you're scratching the back of your neck and like playing with your hair, like, uh, do I have to? This was a really sweet surprise, Rachel, but like I'm not gonna do this all the time. I'll I'll be a repeat guest. Yes. I'll, I'll come back. I can't promise every week, but that's I'll, I'll be there. Again. That's fine. I'll I would definitely wear you down if we did this every week. It depends on what the fans want. Ooh. You know? We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get some fan, fan enthusiasm. Yes. Oh my God, Alicia's gonna be living for this right now. Hi, Alicia. Is that, did Alicia call? She did. Sorry, Alicia. I'm busy right now. Yeah, Alicia, we're busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm gonna knock this mic over. Can I knock this over? This is fancy. You shouldn't. This is a strange Try vibe. Try not to. <laughs> this is a strange vibe because I'm not yelling at Tyson or like sitting with like the spray bottle on standby in case he starts barking. Uh, I think we should have brought him here. No. He's always barking at the garbage man and then just like crashing, (laughs) crashing the vibe. He doesn't crash the vibe. He is the vibe. (laughs) Tyson's like the coolest dog. Like I've had some cool dogs in my life this year. Yeah. Tyson and then Appa, which is uh, Sam's girlfriend's dog. My roommate's girlfriend's dog. Yeah. And that dog, he, he's it's so, so cute. It's so funny when I come in, when I come inside, and if he's there, like he comes up to me all excited, and he's like, "Hey, hi, how are you?" He's a lab, uh, Great Dane mix. So he's like, he super reminds friendly. me of Tyson, but yeah, he's like similar. way more like docile. Definitely. I think it's because he's younger. It's like a yeah. year, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's yeah, about a year. My old. little rescue monster with all his baggage, but I love him. You even gave him a name change. I did. It was Duncan before. And they didn't even spell it like the boy's name, Duncan. They spelled it like Duncan Donuts. With a K? Yeah. 
D-U-N-K-I-N. D-U-N-K-I-N? Did I say that right? Why did I? You ever say a word so many times it doesn't sound like a word anymore? That's what that just felt like. (laughs) Did I just have a stroke? Maybe. (laughs) Rachel, are you okay? So many people are going to hear this now and be like, yeah, she was cool for like the first two. I felt like I could really relate to her. Now she just went off the rails. (laughs) Talking about clarinets and... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm going to laugh about that all day. I'm sure I'm like, no hope. Pulling, pulling all this. You didn't prepare. Like, I'll give you that. That's the best though. You didn't didn't prepare for this. I didn't. This was just like, you know what this reminds me of? This reminded me, okay, this was very sweet. I appreciate this so very much. Very thoughtful. But this low-key reminded me of the speech class that I was in when I was in (laughs) high school, where sometimes you would just come in and it would be like impromptu day. And there would just be one word on your desk, a printout, and you would have to come up with an impromptu speech about it. So what you're saying is you're trained for this? No, what I'm saying is, is I was in a room full of my peers that bullied me incessantly and I had to go up there and fucking talk about clouds for five minutes. <laughs> it was not a good time I for Rachel. I talk about clouds for five minutes. Not me when all these people that make fun of me and like kick my books down the steps and stuff me in the lockers, which by the way, I never- You actually got stuffed in the lockers? No, but you want to know why? My sister's going to love that I'm telling this story. Why? So when we had our- um what do they call it? Uh, orientation for like junior high. It was the first time that I was going to get to have a locker and I was real nervous. So I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do like a combination lock, but also every fucking show that you see growing up where they're like high schoolers, people get stuffed in the lockers, right? I'm small. I was especially small back then. So I made my sister come to orientation with me and there's all these parents and students walking around looking to see like where their classrooms are going to be, looking to get their schedule and stuff. And then there's me and my sister with my sister in front of everyone trying to stuff me into a locker to prove to me that I wouldn't get stuffed in there. (laughs) But there's like all these people like (laughs) passing by and they had like practice lockers and they're like, oh, here's your combination, like practice getting into a locker. And so we opened it up and then my sister just tried to stuff me inside. (laughs) (laughs) Did you fit? No, but I did fit into like when I played high school soccer, I fit into one of the lockers, which is extra scary. And maybe why I'm like a little claustrophobic now, because it was one of those where it was like a locker that was cut in half. So it was like a top locker and a bottom one. And I went into the bottom one and like my friend shut me in there, like to prove that I could fit in there. But now if you did that to me, I think I'd have a full blown like panic attack. Mm. That sounds terrifying. I fit in that yeah. one. I think it was wider. That's why. <laughs> I I got... I never got shoved into a locker, but I definitely got into a locker. I've been, I'm, I, I like those kind of like small spaces. Like I, I rode to a, a concert in the trunk of a car. Like there were no more spots. And they're like, oh, you need to call an Uber. I'm like, can I just ride in your trunk? That's terrifying. What if someone rear-ended them? Smashed. That's what would have happened. I would have been like, what happened? No, you would have been smushed. There wouldn't have been a what happened. It would just be just a crunched grant. Yeah, probably. I can't believe you did that. That's like my worst nightmare. Yeah, I've done that a couple times, actually. I remember I I rode 15 hours um, for a baseball tournament in our in like the van. It was like a 15 passenger van. And we had like we had like 15 people plus all of our equipment bags, plus a couple coaches like stuffed in there. And so there were two people in the backseat and then I was on the floor of the backseat for 15 hours, like cu- cuddled up to my, my baseball bag, which I was a catcher. So I had a, I had a huge bag. It was as big as me. Is that, and that, and that's what she said. You had a huge bag. 
No, that's a stretch. It seemed like it was, you were serving up you're, something. You're in but. the right direction. <laughs> you're, you're in the area. All right. Well, now what? Now what? I don't know. We, we've got, um, let's see, we've got 50 minutes left of this session, which is really like more like 30 minutes left of podcast. Shit. We can just talk for days and days. I I guess so. I was, I was trying to, when I booked the session, I wanted to make sure that, uh, I got enough time. So I had to look at like the duration of your other ones. You were like an hour and a half. (sighs) Yeah. On my last one, the last one was out of control. Like I should have like probably chopped that down, but that's a really long story. There was a lot happening in that. And there were so many things that I was like, this will make sense later that I never addressed. <laughs> <laughs> They're still wondering you're going to have to do another episode on the break-in. Did you so, talk about the, the break-in that wasn't a break-in? Oh, <laughs> should we tell this story? <laughs> I think yes. you should tell this story. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so one night we're hanging out. We're at Grant's house. And what happened? I have to remember this. What were we, we heard? We heard. We a heard loud oh, crash. okay. I went to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom. That's how that happened. And I'm super clumsy. And anytime I walk into a room, like it's just, it's just second nature for something to just come crashing down. So when I walked out of the bathroom, I heard a big crash and I just assumed like, oh no, I remember just looking at you like, oh God, what did I knock over? And then I thought, oh no, I'm going to wake up Sam, your roommate. And, um, is this story boring you already? God, see, I am wearing you down. Freaking fours yawning on me over here. <laughs> Jesus. Any who's an houser, freaking, we heard a big crash. I come back in and like, we're just sitting there. Yeah, we kept, I was like, what is that? Because Frederick was was in the room. So I know like she didn't do anything. Who's Frederick? Frederick's my cat. <laughs> Sir Frederick Meowsenberg the third. <laughs> She is awesome. Cutest thing ever. She is adorable. And she definitely didn't knock anything over like that. And then we kept like hearing footsteps, right? Yeah. I, that was creepy. Like they're for sure. Well, obviously we know we won't. We'll save that. So then what happens <laughs> is we hear another crash. And the first instinct isn't to <laughs> go out and look at what happened. Your first instinct was call the cops. Call the cops. Yes. I'm like, I don't think we should call the cops. I have weed in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Which I didn't realize. I'm like, why? You have your medical card. This is totally fine. But still, you know. And so, yeah, obviously, hi, I have massive PTSD issues from that home invasion. So I'm picturing Ski Mask Man coming back to like end it all since he was never caught. I'm like, oh my God, he found me. He Ski knows where I am. Ski Mask Man to revenge the Ski Mask. <laughs> coming soon to a theater near you. God, that just reminded me of the Rick and Morty where they're like two brothers. Two brothers. And then they go on and on and on and all these it's, things. It's, it's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's two brothers. It's, <laughs> it's just the best is, uh, have you seen the one with the Jan Michael Vincents? Yes. Yeah. I have I have like a school of fish in my tank that I, I just call Jan, Jan Michael Vincents. Should we know who the Jan Michael Vincents are <laughs> for this? Morty. <laughs> like, what's going on? Anyway, yeah. So like I was freaking out. I was just like, look, because like I, even though I have my concealed carry, I probably shouldn't air this, but I rarely carry it. Because, like, honestly, especially this time of year. You better hope Ski Mask Man isn't listening. If he is, 
I carry 76 weapons now, <laughs> not just that one. That's what I meant. And they're really <laughs> well concealed in my um, skinny jeans and bodysuits. Anyway, yeah, I didn't have that at uh, the time. You had, you had them a no, no I had just them. continue. Just continue. We're not in my purse. <laughs> in, in your purse. Also, by the way, that's another your safety tip. Purse. Never put your gun in your purse. Don't carry it in your purse because if you get robbed and someone takes your purse, now they have your gun too. Don't do that. So that's a tip. And also, like, just don't drop your purse and then, I mean, it wouldn't fire off, but I'm clumsy enough to where if it's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. But. <laughs> I didn't have that. And I'm like, oh, cool. I have mace on my key ring. Great. So I was instantly brought back to that feeling like there's someone, there's a masked man in here and there's nothing I can do about it. So of course I'm like, call the freaking cops right now. And, and then what just, happens? Well, me wanting to like <laughs> make sure you were okay. Knowing that story, I was like, all right, fine. So I called the cops and then they came in. They're like, your door was unlocked. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess we should have locked that. Um, and they came through the house and they're like, yeah. There's no one in here. <laughs> and so then we felt really stupid. <laughs> I was so relieved. Like, I know that you felt a certain type of way as a you had weed in the house. But I was so relieved the second I saw, like, uniforms. Because I was like, sick. There's, like, five dudes out there. And they all have guns. Yeah, no. I, like, which is, like, your opposite like, Oh, my feeling. gosh. There's cops outside. I feel panicked. I, I still, like, I get really uncomfortable around cops. Even if I'm, like, driving, doing nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. And I see a cop, I'm like, I tense up. I do that. I don't, like. I start I, driving I, real slow. It's not slow. that I don't like Hobbs. I just don't. They don't make me feel Safe. more comfortable yeah. by any means. Yeah. yeah. Even if I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. No, I get that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> luckily, we aren't that stupid to where we were just imagining the whole thing. Uh, they walked outside and they were like, ah, someone was out here breaking into cars. Yeah. So we we did hear a loud crash. We did. Grant's uh, like, look at us solving crimes. Yeah. But really, <laughs> yeah. But no crimes were solved because we, there was no one there anymore, right? I don't Like, we didn't see them arrest anyone. They just, like, looked at that one guy's car and then they were like, well, see you later. And then just <laughs> fooled away. And then we're like, did that just fucking happen? I'm surprised Sam didn't wake up through any of that. Yeah. They, like, almost, like, barged into his room, too. And they had like, like their flashlights that were being so noisy and loud. Like, oh my God, I forgot all about that. The the break-in that never was. See, PTSD though is like, it's not until moments like that where like I like am reverted back to like that exact moment. And then I'm like <gasps> freaking out. Like, and you know, what's extra scary is like, they always say that like people that do crimes like that, like you, know them or you've seen them before they're usually people close to you so like I still look around my apartment complex like just some people like was it you was it put on a ski mask and let me it? see <laughs> <laughs> nothing but a ski mask only a ski mask yeah and every time Tyson like wants to rip someone's arm off I'm like hmm, maybe it was that guy go for it cause you he didn't you had you got Tyson after that right mm -hmm. yeah yeah I've just now like it'll be this month next weekend is like our little anniversary our oh. anniversary. Yeah, we got to do something. That's adorable. Gonna bring him like ice creams or something. French fries. Ooh, he, needs some French he goes fries. nuts for French fries. He loves French fries. Sounds really good right now, actually. Well, are you? Is this the point where you're gonna? Is like, this the musical guest point? <laughs> I think it is. How do we do this? Because we're almost in an hour. Yeah. Gotcha. <sighs> do we end the podcast first, or do we come back to the podcast? Oh, we end the podcast. Can we insert in the middle? 
Okay, so we'll end the podcast right. And then, wait, wait. Okay, now. What? Yeah. Oh. This is, this is the wrap up. Well, shouldn't I be like telling, like, hey, and then now we have a special musical guest? Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> Moranis Moss is going to sing us my favorite song. <laughs> and yeah. Enjoy. Well, thank you for having me. On, thanks for coming. On the thanks for doing this and being on. Thanks for thanks for letting me just like put myself on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you totally did too, because I told you like I want you to be on my podcast. I think I told you that, didn't yeah, I? Yeah. And then you were just like, oh, "When do I get to be on your podcast?" And you asked me a couple of times, and I was like, "I didn't like want to throw it on you." Like, okay, tomorrow. And then I just showed up today, and you put me on the spot. Were you surprised? Yeah, I was so I was so confused. So I'm like, I have no idea what we're doing, where the hell we're going, or anything. And then you knew there was a surprise. I told you that there was a surprise. Yeah, and then I was just like, okay. And then I was supposed to meet at your house, and then you're like, oh, sorry, I was in a meeting. Like when you didn't answer my text, and then I figured you were just like caught up doing something that took long, like longer than expected. And then you're just like, okay, well, actually, come in for a few minutes. Like I got to set up for this next session. So I'm like, okay. Cool. Just meet me at the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Like met you here. And then you're like, come in for a few minutes. And then I came in and then there's like two mics set up and you're like, okay, this, what did you say? We're here. <laughs> yeah. You're like, we're here. And I was still real confused. And I'm like, because I was coming around the door and I'm like, wait, are there other people in here? Like, I thought you were talking to other people. Cause I couldn't see you over here. I just felt uh, like, I was like kind of peeking around the door and I'm like, hmm. And you're like, yeah, this is it. It's your podcast time. Or whatever. I'm like, Shit, I don't have like, I feel like, I feel like, okay, we're going to definitely have to do this again where I'm like prepared because I feel like there's so many more questions that like I'm going to want to ask you that didn't come to mind. All right. You have one minute speed round. A speed round? Speed round. Ask me all the questions. Oh. I'm going to try to answer them with one word. Favorite color. Chrome. Favorite food. What? Chrome. It gets me every time. Salmon. Continue. Speed round. Go. Salmon. Because <laughs> it reflects all the colors back. Favorite musician. Can't choose. Me. <sighs> you. If you have to choose, you. gun to your head. Ski man. Ski mask man is here right now. He's going to blow you away. Alan Raymond. See? There you have it. Um, <laughs> favorite. <laughs> There's so many. See? This is tough. Um. Favorite show? Uh, probably Rick and Morty. I was surprised you even had to think about that. I, a little bit, just because I don't watch that much. TV. If you couldn't do music, what would you do? That's a good question. A I'm good proud question. of that one on the fly. <laughs> I wasn't doing music. What would I do? Probably be a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Damn it. Why did that just pop into my head? I'm like, this is going to go sexual real fast. <laughs> <laughs> what would your porn star name be? Oh, uh, I haven't even thought about that. Well, um, TikTok. <laughs> what would my porn star name be? Uh, I think I would just use my real name. Really? Just full on government name. <laughs> <laughs> no shame. No shame. <laughs> oh my god okay well 
I'm not even surprised by that. What other questions do I have? God, there's so many. All right, you got two more. Two more questions. Two more questions. Mm, that was a really good question, though. It How was. do I top that? That might, yeah, it's tough. What? <laughs> you have a question in your head, don't you? No, oh, I you don't. don't. <laughs> um, hmm. Am I wearing you down yet? <laughs> no. Oh, here's a question. Yeah, no, you're not. How many inside jokes are we allowed to have? At a time. <laughs> <laughs> that's what wears you down. See, Ma that's classic. Maximum, maximum, like three, maybe four. Can't help that we're just hilarious. That's true. We are pretty funny. But mm. looks aren't everything. Uh, <laughs> don't go in the comedy. It doesn't work <laughs> Definitely stick with the porn. Yeah. Porn all stash. Right. All right. That's all I got for now. I'm going to have to come up. I'm seriously coming up with more questions, though. I'm going to okay. come up with some for, like For the real... next time that I'm back on the yeah. Your Knockout podcast. What if everyone's like, the podcast. do not, absolutely do not bring him back? <laughs> I'll be like, tough. <laughs> he's done. <laughs> no. Canceled. No. Canceled. He's coming back. All right. Well, That's are you going to play then. for us? I will. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I hope you had fun. I did. I had so much fun. <laughs> Until next time. Yeah. See you next time. All right. Let's do it. This one's called A Girl Like You.
You won't find another guy that'll love you like I do, I do, I do. Love you like I do, I do, I do. I do, I do, that love you like I do.